Views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Super duper welcome. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Uh, great to have you all here. Uh, life sometimes can be a little tricky for those of us that have said yes to, I don't know, what's the word? Living our dreams. I want to thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. I'm Dr. Pat, the host of the Dr. Pat Show. And for all of you tuning us in through TransformationTalkRadio.com, I want to give a shout out to all of the stations listening to the show and playing the show, whether you be at our flagship station for TTR in Westerly, Rhode Island, or our Seattle flagship station where Mr. Benny is. And so we've got another great show for you today. Mr. Benny is calling our fabulous, fabulous guest for the show, and we'll also pull a prosperity card in a minute. But I want to just tell you, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. We've had a lot of conversations about emotions in the past decade. You know, prior to, I guess, all of the conversation about emotional intelligence, uh, we didn't really talk about emotions very much. You definitely didn't talk about them in the workplace. You know, you, you kind of have, have been told, leave your emotions at the door. As a matter of fact, you know, you know there, I think it's kind of like a growing skill that each of us has in learning how to even talk about emotions or understand what emotions means. Today, joining me here today, we're going to hear from Michael Jower, and he is one of the co-authors of the book, Your Emotional Type, Key to the Therapies That Will Work for You. And it's really going to be kind of cool to talk to him. There's a survey, and you, you all will learn how to take the survey yourselves in a minute. But there's a survey that, that I took that I found completely fascinating, and I actually don't even understand what it means. And that's why today we're going to be we're going to be uh, having a very very cool conversation. But before we do, let me tell you a little bit about my guest uh, and about the book, if you don't mind. Uh, one of the things that, for me personally, on my own journey into the world, is I've had to really understand the depth and the breadth of my own emotions of what it is that I experience on a day-to-day basis. Now, I actually took the questionnaire uh, uh, this morning, and from that questionnaire, I, I, I looked at it in two different ways. I looked at it as the person I am today, and, and I really got to explore some of, the, some of the questions and why I answered them the way I did. But I also thought about what happens if I took this survey uh, on my 30th birthday? How might I answer these differently? And so today, 
we get to chat with one of the co-authors of this very, very fun and interesting book, Your Emotional Type. But more than that, why is understanding our emotional type so important in living our lives? Michael uh, Jower is an emotion researcher and writer based in D.C. He has been investigating the mind-body uh, basis of personality and health for 15 years. His interest was kindled by his investigation of indoor air quality sick building issues in the 1990s. I can't wait to talk to him about that. But his articles have appeared in many, many magazines. You know, he has been in front of the American Psychological Association, interviewed by Psychology Today, and his previous book, The Spiritual Anatomy of Emotion, is amazing. His website, or the website, is EmotionalGateway.com. You know, he's joining us here today uh, so that we can have a little fun with things and talk a bit about this thing called your emotional type. Michael, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Hi, Dr. Pastor. Be with you. Okay. It's going to be an interesting uh, conversation with you today, because I don't know if Linda told you, but I took the test. Yes, she did. She even told me what score was. don't know well, if you're supposed score... to do that, but she did. Yes. My, my score <laughs> is a little bit different. I, what I realized is I have a little, um, how should I say it? I grew up with a little learning thing, so I switched things around. So what I did is I took it again this morning from the book. Uh, so that I could actually have it in front of me and read and reread the questions. And right. I was shocked at my score, and I was shocked at why I answered some of the questions the way I did. The first time I took it, I misread some of the questions, because you put a couple of tricky questions in there, you know? Uh, some of, some these of them were... are double, double negatives, which, yeah, we've, yes. we've, uh, we, we try to actually um, remedy that um, um, in the book, but on the website we've, we've We've got them. So you just have to look at those a little extra extra closely. Yeah, and that's so not me. And probably <laughs> you would understand that once I tell you what my emotional, uh, what my score was. But let's start out with you for a minute uh, and, and share with the listeners uh, a bit about this book. Uh, there has been a lot written about emotions. And, and what I commented about uh, had to do with how in research, in psychology, I think, what would you say, maybe about 15 years ago, we first started to hear about emotional intelligence, and the word emotion actually became okay to say. But don't you think that we went through decades of organizational psychology, individual psychology, where the word emotion was not really acceptable in certain circles. Is, would you say that's a, a true assessment, or what, ha, what have you found? Oh, it, it's tremendously accurate. It's, it's, there's really been a sea change over the past 20 years um, in the study of emotion and our understanding of what makes human beings tick, because that's what emotion is all about. I mean, it used to be that folks who wanted to study emotion and write about it uh, were sort of um, shunted aside uh, and politely told we don't look at that because... You know, how can you get a handle on, on feelings? How can you get a handle on what people are actually feeling? It's so varying. It's so, uh, uh, you know, sort of quicksilver. Emotions just uh, come and they go, and how can we study that? So it's not a fit topic for scientific research. But with the advent of brain scan technology and the decade of the brain, uh, that was the, the, the way the 1990s were christened, and a whole lot of money 
thrown from a whole lot of research institutions um, into studying the brain, people realize, scientists realize, that you, you can see what people are feeling in a sense. You can look at traces of what they're feeling in the brain, and that sort of opened the whole field up to uh, serious inquiry, and there's just been an explosion of interest since then. And the book that you mentioned, uh, uh, Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Goleman, was really yeah. the popular book that kick-started it all and made, made the, the subject respectable for, for, you know, for the normal person just picking up a book. Absolutely. I mean, you, you know, part of what, what I've studied over time and, you know, a researcher myself, you know, I study the consequences of breaking promises and violating psychological contracts. And in that context that I studied that, what does it mean to break a promise? You know, you hear the level of emotion and responses from people, but they don't break down to what you've put forth in this book. I mean, clearly, you know this, there are are things we experience in life that, you know, either let us rise up to the happy scale or have us plummet down to I'm having a bad hair day. And so I wanted to ask you, you know, what is it about this emotional you know, this emotional type, this book, and what you've discovered in research that will help us or guide us through what I call the labyrinth of understanding our mind-body experience. Right. Well, um, in addition to this field sort of being opened up for, for everybody to, to investigate and to learn from, and it's ultimately learning about themselves, the study of emotion is really what, what makes each of us tick. Uh, we have to understand that, that uh, people are different from one another, and this is where the research is all uh, heading today. Uh, the last several years and in the foreseeable future, um, science is really discovering, medical science really discovering what people have known all along, which is that we're all different. Mm-hmm. You know, pe- some people are more extroverted, some people are more introverted. Uh, there's a book that came out a few months ago that just uh, hit the bestseller list uh, called Quiet, The Power of of um, introspection and introversion by a woman named Susan Cain, and she was, uh, I think she was overwhelmed by the amount of interest that book got. And, you know, she was pointing out that um, somewhere between 40 to 50 percent of, of people are more introverted than they are, you know, extroverted. Um, that's just the way it is. And uh, our point with uh, your emotional type is that you can extend that understanding a little bit further, and people differ uh, from one another and how they actually feel their feelings. Some people, uh, we call them thin boundary people, uh, feel their feelings relatively quickly and intensively. Other people, we call them thick boundary people, are a little slower to acknowledge what they're feeling. It doesn't mean they're, they're feeling their feelings any less. It's just that it takes them longer to consciously appreciate what's going on inside. Um, so this is kind of where all the evidence is leading, um, and, and we believe we're on the leading edge of this. Uh, in fact, we try to make it uh, not only sort of a form of personalized medicine, if you will, but um, uh, we, we do that by uh, enabling folks to, as you did, take the, the boundary quiz, see where on the boundary spectrum they are, and where the personalized medicine comes in is complementary and alternative therapies uh, for certain chronic conditions have been proven to be effective. Well, what therapy is going to work better for your emotional type uh, because complementary and alternative therapies really do connect with our emotions. So um, there's good evidence that certain types of 
of uh, complementary alternative therapies will work better for certain people. Well, this is what I want to talk about when we come back from break and, and also uh, share my, my my latest score on this. I know Linda took the quiz, but I don't quite know what her score is. So it'll be interesting. Uh, Linda's been my best friend, by the way, just so you know, since 1973. So I wonder uh, if you'll be able to shine some light on my score versus her and how the heck we've remained friends for so long. Probably <laughs> good wanted- reason. I bet we're going to find out. But this is an important book for those of you out there. 2007, more than 38% of American adults spent nearly $34 billion out of pocket on alternative and complementary therapies. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstars. Just stop what you are thinking right now and ask yourself, if I could have anything I desired, what would it be? Now expand that energy beyond anything you have ever imagined. That energy, that is you. What if you could have access to that all the time? Curing the incurable are for those that desire a different possibility with their life and their body. Does that excite your molecules? Well, check out Liam's website at liamphillips.com. Are you feeling stuck? Do you want to be free from fears and doubts and finally feel good about yourself, but you just don't know how to get there? Dr. Schaub's Accelerated Breakthrough Program provides you with the tools and solutions to go beyond your limitations and achieve self-empowered confidence. Call for your free phone consultation at 866-903-MIND. Visit CellularWisdom.com. That's CellularWisdom.com. Join Lisa Kay, international business consultant and mentor, and host of the hit show Success and Empowerment, as she combines a voracious appetite for learning and a life mission to understand and simplify the complex as she delivers a recipe for your unique talent. Lisa's intuitive ability to ask the right question has set her apart as she engages the most inspiring people in the world to tell their story. Tune in each Tuesday at 2 Pacific at TransformationTalkRadio.com. Holistic Medical Center is where you find it all. A healthy space with doctors who care, see, and listen to the whole you. Hi, this is Dr. Darvish. If you have not found an answer to your chronic symptoms, you will find answers here at Holistic Medical Center. Our doctors find the root cause of your symptoms and guide your body towards healing naturally. We transform lives from within. Visit us at drdarvish.com. D-R-D-A-R-V-I-S-H.com. Tune in each Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern for the hit show Out of the Fog with Karen Hager, the Fog City Psychic. Spark your spirit and ignite your soul with spiritual conversation and enlightening guests that will help you get clear and catapult you into action. You'll meet metaphysical movers and shakers, intuitives, spiritual visionaries, and more. Want an on-air reading? Karen's down-to-earth style and lively curiosity delivers the compassionate, no-nonsense, intuitive advice that's become her trademark. Visit FogCityPsychic.com and book your reading today. Grateful patients have been saying it for 25 years. When in pain, see Dr. Thane. Dr. Thane of Wellness One of Bellevue has been named one of the nation's top chiropractors by the Consumers Research Council of America, and for good reason. He has helped his patients recover their energy and vitality after car accidents, sports injuries, herniated discs, fatigue due to stress, the list goes on. 
The website is When in pain, see Dr. Thane. That's bellevue.wellness1.net. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Um, I am, I've been waiting to have this conversation. I, this is really, really cool. I love learning and discovering things about myself, myself, but so can you. I want to mention to all of you out there, today we're talking about your emotional pipe. Key to the therapies that will work for you. Uh, joining me here today, one of the co-authors, Michael Jower, uh, the other author, Dr. Mark uh, Mikosi is also part of this amazing uh, body of work. Uh, I took the survey online, and because I have a little, I'm a little learning different. I misread some of the questions, and I went back to the questionnaire that was in the book, and I took it again. And we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about what Linda's score was as well. But today, we're talking with Michael about you know the impact of this. Why is this so important for us to learn and understand? And how does this really affect how we heal ourselves, how we acquire some of these alternative treatments? And does it really open up a doorway for us to understand the kinds of questions that we have to ask ourselves and our doctors? Michael, thank you so much for joining us here today. I was really struck by the questions that you, that you guys propose in the book about emotional type and healing modalities. And I want to talk a bit about that before we disclose my score a bit on here and Linda's. I want to talk about why or how you both were drawn in this direction of healing. I think it's so critical that you did, because I think most of us that have gone down the path for integrative alternative medicine, it's actually been a very confusing uh, a journey. Yes, there are a lot of uh, alternative and complementary therapies that are out there. Um, The ones that we uh, focus on in the book, we call them the Super 7, not because they're necessarily uh, manifestly better than other therapies. They're just better studied. There's a greater body of evidence. And uh, my co-author, Mark McCosey, knows uh, whereof he speaks because uh, he uh, was the, uh, uh, the editor of the first American textbook, on complementary and alternative medicine that came out uh, in the mid-90s. That's uh, now going into a fifth edition, so it's really proven its mettle. And, you know, Mark is one of these folks that's been um, thoroughly versed in this field and, and really on the, on the, you know, on the edge of it, the cutting edge for, for years now. Um, and um, certainly he's, he's done much uh, scholarly. This is a, a step into the field of, of, of popular um, help book for people uh, that sort of uh, translates what he's learned about complementary and alternative therapies and uh, sort of weds that with my understanding and my uh, uh, the evidence that, w- that I bring uh, as far as emotion and, and the effect of feelings on different chronic conditions. One of the things you cover in the book, and I want to talk about this for a minute because actually I've read a lot of books and I get a lot of books across my, my desk uh, and read a lot of them. But I was really struck by the chapter on 
personality differences a key to decoding chronic illness. And the reason I, I really love your approach to this is because this has really been a conundrum, you know, for people. So, for example, I go to a, I go to a, a, a healer, alternative approach, a naturopath, whatever it is, and I am just getting all of the best of the best, and it's working for me. And then I recommend this approach to a friend of mine who then goes and gets the treatment and has a zero effect. So the question that I want to ask you, especially about, you know, IBS, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, all of these autoimmune diseases that are going through the, the roof, I mean, what is the case that you've made for the relationship between personality differences in these illnesses? Right. Well, uh, there's a twofold challenge here. Um, okay. The, the first is that um, standard medicine, uh, mainstream medicine, uh, doesn't really have an answer for these conditions, which, of mm -hmm. course, is why you and, and many, many others are turning to uh, CAM, Complementary Alternative Medicine, uh, for, uh, for healing. Uh, these are sort of intractable or oftentimes intractable conditions when we talk about chronic fatigue, when we talk about irritable bowel syndrome, um, uh, when we talk about um, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, um, depression is certainly intractable, unfortunately, for many people, uh, chronic pain, fibromyalgia, um, hypertension, um, allergies, um, asthma, migraines. These are, you know, long-standing conditions for many, many people, and they can be medicated, certainly, but how, how do you really ameliorate them? How do you genuinely uh, gain some improvement? Uh, well, for some people, um, there is very good evidence that certain uh, complementary alternative therapies uh, do manifestly help. There's, there's a definite track record there. As you point out, uh, a given therapy is not uh, necessarily going to help everybody, and that's the second uh, challenge here, which is why. Um, and our contention, and we've, we've marshaled evidence um, to support this in the book, is that based on the way we literally feel our feelings, these are, are conditions that you might call them, these, these uh, chronic uh, illnesses, and we, we refer to them as the dozen disorders. There are about 12 of them we address in the book. Um, they are really uh, deeply rooted um, in ourselves. It's not just, um, you know, a bug that somebody catches. Um, they, they really have something to do with how um, we process feelings. And here we're talking about the, the nervous system, the hormonal system, the immune system, which are all connected. And when you look closely at how they're connected, emotion sort of undergirds how everything works. Uh, when people are stressed, that is certainly a, a condition that invokes feelings that we may not even be aware of, uh, but they are operating under the surface. And that's our contention in a nutshell, is that uh, the way people feel their feelings differs. Boundary type is a way to sort of get a handle on that. And so we demonstrate that where someone uh, is on the boundary spectrum when they take this little quiz, and there is a, a more extensive version of that in the book, but when they get a handle on that, that's going to give them guidance as to which therapies are going to work better for, for them. 
Well, I mean, this is actually, uh, for those of you out there, uh, your emotional type, key to therapies that uh, will work for you. This is this is a groundbreaking uh, book, and, and it, this is a groundbreaking notion because I, I think, Michael, what it does for people like me who have, uh, have been on a healing journey with some of the uh, dirty dozen that you put in the book, and I don't think you call them that, uh, but... Huh. You know, for some of us, it's like, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, you call them the dozen discomforters and, and so forth. And to have this idea and understanding that a personality type may help us, that's really breakthrough. Because I think for a lot of folks, you watch some people heal almost overnight, right? For some reason, yeah. almost overnight. And others have gone on and on and on to the point of frustration, frustration, added stress. And, and stress is another one of these words that we would never dare use in the corporation, what, 20 years ago or so. Well, uh, Mark um, gives a, a, an excellent example early in the book when he was um, uh, giving interviews on his first uh, edition of his textbook, Fundamentals of Complementary and Alternative Medicine. He was on Good Morning America with Joan London, and yeah. Charles and um, uh, it was uh, Joan London who said, uh, you know, I tried acupuncture, Dr. McCosey, and it didn't work for me, and I was really disappointed because I was hoping that it would. Uh, she had evidently injured her shoulder in, uh, with a, um, some horseback riding accident, I believe it was, and she said, you know, it's just not healing, but my friends have tried acupuncture. They've highly recommended it. It's worked for them. Why isn't it working for me? And, you know, Mark really didn't have a ready answer for that, but he and I have studied this now over a period of years since then. And the, I think the answer is that feelings really work differently within different people. I mean, feelings are, are a biological phenomenon. Um, they occur in the body, but they also register in the brain. And as I said, they, they really, in effect, unite the different systems of the body, the, the nervous system, the immune system, the hormonal system. These are all sort of talking to each other continuously because of neurotransmitters and, and different uh, communications uh, agents, you might say, that are constantly uh, moving back and through, you know, between the brain and the rest of the body. Um, in fact, uh, there is uh, what scientists call a second brain um, called the enteric nervous system. It's a brain of the gut. There are, um, in effect, uh, nervous cells, uh, nervous system cells in uh, the gut that when we have butterflies, uh, when we get nervous over something, uh, there is a reason for that. There's information being sent uh, from the enteric nervous system, interpreted by the brain, and, and back again from other parts of the body uh, down to the enteric nervous system. So that is a very legitimate way of feeling, and uh, it, it really serves as a counterpart to the first brain upstairs. So there's a lot of very complex um, interrelationships in the body, and that's why we sort of ignore feelings at our peril and why they are so fundamental to um, the types of illnesses we get uh, and, and also how we heal. I love this. We are just warming up here, folks. I want to invite all of you out there because we're going to go through the emotional type uh, questionnaire. I want to, I want to just, just really direct all of you to go to youremotionaltype.com. YourEmotionalType.com. And if you scroll down the page a little bit, 
you're going to see that you can take the online quiz. It actually only takes a couple of minutes. There are 18 easy questions. That's what I took, uh, and Linda has taken it. I don't know if Benny has had a chance or Brian has had a chance to take it. It would be fun if they did. But go ahead and take it when we come back. Uh, I'm going to uh, share what my score is, and uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting all emotional thinking about it now. And, and find out what this really means. What does it mean to my health, my well-being, to being out in the world? And then hopefully I'm going to be able to get Linda on here so she can share, share her score as well. Disease, one of the most dreaded words in our vocabulary. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Did you know traditionally we have viewed disease as a degenerative process? Disease is better understood when we view it as disease in the human body. Disease means without ease. Health is not merely the absence of disease, it's when every part of the body works together effortlessly. Relaxed and at ease. It's that relaxed state that lets energy flow in waves through and around the entire body. Every organ has an electrical charge, and when overcharged or undercharged, disease occurs. And it is an effort to go through our day. We are able to determine the exact disease of the body and design a specific solution to correct the nutritional imbalance. Contact us at 888 777 4232. That's 888-777-4232. And visit us at maryjanemack.com. The Ascension Foundation, serving to build an interdimensional community. The Ascended Masters invite you to join them in co-creating this mission. Allow the Masters to lead the way in activating the wisdom of your heart consciousness and raising your vibration. You can communicate with them directly by attending apportation events and classes in mediumship, crystal light energy healing, alchemy, master studies, past life regression, and more. For a schedule of classes, workshops, and special events, visit theascensionfoundation.com. That's theascensionfoundation.com. Did you know that water is an excellent recorder of information? This is an amazing breakthrough in science. It is fascinating to integrate this new comprehension of water and to know that water is able to memorize information. Because by doing so, we take our power back to create our own life as we want it to be, fully and joyfully. We all know that our body is mainly composed of water, so can you imagine the sacred partnership that we can create with water when we choose to infuse it with the essence of gratitude every single day? To support you on this journey, join our Infusion of Gratitude community today and receive your free MP3 audio, Infusion of Gratitude Meditation. Daily use of this powerful 20-minute meditation raises your awareness and welcomes health, wealth, and enriched relationships into your life. Visit us at explorationgratitude.com. Experience the wisdom of your body using kinesiology or muscle testing. Explore methods of consciously receiving the messages your body is sending. Are you holding on to emotional baggage or emotional trauma from the past? Are you experiencing minor and annoying yet chronic ailments? Find out if your body is subconsciously trying to get you to move in a different direction or just trying to get a need met. Go to awakentherapies.com. That's awakentherapies.com. Or make sure you call 425-998-3637. 
guys had a chance to go to youremotionaltype.com uh, and take the, uh, the questionnaire, the online, question, the online quiz, rather, um, because, you know, this is really, uh, this has been fascinating, reading the book, and actually I've, I've, I've read this book several times when I first got it and then I read it again, um, because what it has in it is this boundary uh, assessment of similarities and differences and how they contribute to some of these illnesses. And, you know, I, I think um, joining me here today, for those of you that um, want to find out more, Michael Jower is uh, one of the co-authors of the book, Your Emotional Type. Michael, again, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, it's a treat. Uh, Linda's actually going to join us here. She's on the line. Uh, but you refer to something in the book uh, that's called Body on the Brink. Uh, Linda, are you there? Yes. Hi. Good. Hi, Michael. Well, hey, Linda. Look, here's what we're going to do. Let's talk a minute about Body on the Brink, and then we're going to take your lead, Michael, around the questionnaire. And uh, we're, we're more than willing to share our overall score, and I even have my individual question scores. Great. But the, uh, the section of the book that you're referring to uh, addresses chronic fatigue syndrome. And uh, we pull some, some quotes and experiences related by an author named Susan Griffin, um, who's, I believe, in California. And she wrote, she's written a number of award-winning books. Um, one of them some years ago was called What Her Body Thought. And it's really an exploration of how chronic fatigue syndrome just ravaged her life uh, and you know, appeared out of the blue very suddenly, which is how chronic fatigue seems to affect most people. It just takes them over. And, you know, her journey to try and make sense of that. And she starts to plumb um, possible root causes. And I really want to emphasize the word root because um, emotion is really at the root of, of who each of us is. You know, we like to think that here in the 21st century we're highly advanced, uh, very thoughtful people that uh, choose, you know, a reasonable course of action. And um, the, the fact of the matter is that, that we have, uh, a neocortex and and very you know well advanced thinking capacities, but all of that is undergirded by uh, a, a vast mechanism that, in evolutionary terms, you know, got us through hundreds of thousands uh, of years, and uh, much of it's uh, based on feelings and our, our instantaneous responses to sort of environmental scan that we do every single moment of every day, of every day when we're conscious. So. Um, she really started to get into that, and we quote from it uh, because uh, it illustrates a point that we make through the book, that things that happen to us in childhood that we try and make sense of or we try and minimize or ignore or live with or what have you, and in her case it was an alcoholic parent, uh, and really uh, neglect to a large extent and some abuse, uh, some of that takes root uh, in, in how we approach the world, how we live our lives, and it plants 
seeds in effect for chronic fatigue syndrome, uh, which we demonstrate, you know, is is more of a thick boundary uh, condition or illness, uh, which again, so we hope, is going to shed some light on on the types of therapies that will help to uh, uh, help people that that are living with CFS. And there are there are, there are chapters on on uh, you know what we talked about the uh, the twelve discomforters and I call them the dirty dozen, uh, but you know these are, are are ways when you read the book you'll get some insight into this. Okay, so Michael, here we are. Linda, 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 and I are here, and we we haven't really talked or shared our uh, our answers with anyone. But Benny, I don't know if you had a chance to 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 take the survey or not, but please, please feel free to chime in. Okay. So how do you want us to begin with this when we have this big epic disclosure moment? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't view it as, as big epic disclosure because everybody listening to the show, uh, you know, is somewhere on the boundary spectrum. And it's, it's mm-hmm. simply, it's, it's like, you know, Myers-Briggs and other sorts of personality evaluations. This one happens to be fairly short and easy to take. And I, I mean that in two ways. It's easy to, to take the survey, and I, I think the you know, the appreciation of where you are on the boundary spectrum is easy to take because it opens up the door into just what you're like, and that, that tends to be very appealing for people regardless of where they score. All right, so we're ready. Do you want to know our scores? Uh, absolutely, and if Brian wants to supply a drum roll, that would be fine too. Oh, Benny, there he goes. He can play <laughs> He can play our big drum roll. Well, let's have a uh, let's have a cyber drum roll. Linda, do you want to share your score first? Well, I I have a question before I do that. I Uh-oh. I did I did this quiz, and I got one score, and then I did it again today, and I have a different score. And um. And I, I guess I could see why that would be possible because of the frame of mind I'm in today versus when I was in the frame of mind back then because it's, I did them quickly. So I, do you want both of them or do you want just one of them? Um, I'll, I'll certainly take both. Um, I have to say that um, for myself, as I've taken the, uh, the boundary quiz on different days and others, um, because it's just 18 questions, and this, I should say, is a distilled version of um, 145 item quiz, so we're, we're oh, trying geez. to provide a public service by taking that larger uh, survey and winnowing it down to the 18 questions. Because it is just the 18, you will have some variation from day to day. Uh, probably not a great deal. Um, I think you know there's good evidence that people are fairly consistent um, now. As as um, as Dr. Pat was saying, when you look back, you know, a decade or two, that's a little bit different. But um, go ahead, Linda, tell me your scores, and let me see if I can. Uh, add some interpretation there. Okay. The first time I did it, I got 28. And today I did it, and I got 44. Okay. Um, so that's not too much of a variation, I don't think. Well, you're right around, yeah, you're right around the middle uh, of the boundary spectrum. Um, now, I, I, I guess I want you to take uh, the survey a third time and kind of see how that you know, how that positions you. But mm-hmm. in, in both cases, we're talking about scores that are fairly close to the middle, which um, indicates to me, not knowing a whole lot about you at this point, but it suggests that you're going to be affected less by types of chronic conditions that we mention in the book. Folks in the middle uh, tend not to be as susceptible uh, to these chronic conditions because the, the feeling dynamics are not 
um, as as strong as some of the illustrations that we provide in the book, where folks who are uh, highly thick boundary or highly thin boundary, um, you can you can much more clearly see why um, they're susceptible to some of these different conditions, which we try to illustrate for the, you know for the mm-hmm. for the twelve that we mentioned in the book. Okay, so do you want to hear mine? Absolutely. Okay, I got a sixty-two. Okay, 62. Yeah, that's a very good illustration of a a thin boundary person. And, in effect, what we mean by boundaries is simply sort of the threshold at which a person reacts to different things. And and we look at that in two ways. The the types of stimuli um, that that get to you, that you notice, and that that, uh, may or may not affect you uh, could be, you know, everything from... Um, noise, uh, glare, uh, smells, just, you know, if you go into a supermarket, you're probably the type of person, Pat, that if you go into a place where there's a lot of activity, a supermarket, um, Disney World, places like that where there's just a lot of crowding and a lot of things going on, um, that's going to throw you much more for a loop uh, as a thin boundary person uh, than uh, than it will for Linda. Um, so that's sort of an illustration of what we need by uh, boundaries between you and the external world, the sights and sounds and stimuli coming in. Also, I should say emotional stimuli. Thin boundary people tend to be um, uh, fatigued often, uh, certainly um, uh, more affected in general by uh, other people's feelings, what things that are said to them, what they perceive, what they feel coming from, from other people, um, much more so than thick boundary people. The other way of looking at boundaries is, is within yourself. Um, how uh, readily do you recognize what you're feeling? Uh, to what extent do you see, for example, in dreams, when you wake up in the morning, that you've had a dream that means something to you based on the images and the, the connotations of, of, of those images in the dream? Um, that's the initial uh, reason that, that the boundary concept was developed by Ernest Hartman at Tufts University. He was a dream researcher, and he noticed that people who we ended up calling thin-boundary people uh, dreamed much more, they remembered their dreams much more frequently, and they thought about them, and uh, there was more activity, more, more sort of vibrant, colorful dreams, literally colorful dreams, than thick-boundary people. And he started to piece together this, this approach that suggests that there are real differences in, in how we feel, and internally, how much we remember, how much continues to motivate us or be a problem. Uh, because it's still close to heart. I, you know, I love this because I, I, when I was looking at this, and Linda, you can talk to this because you've known me a long time. Um, some of the questions are really interesting. And and one I think Linda will really talk about, and we're going to skip the break, uh, actually, is the question, I spend a lot of time daydreaming, fantasizing, uh, or in reverie. And Linda, I, I answered yes. I put a four on that. Uh, and a lot of times that's interpreted as not being focused or not paying attention or being untouchable. You know what I'm saying? When I'm on air, there's a different part of my personality that comes out, and it's really interesting because I am such an introvert. When I took the Myers-Briggs, I ended up so far in the introvert scale that I was almost in the tippy-tippy end of the bell-shaped curve. And yet here I am on air, and people think you can't be an introvert. And so 
when I answered these questions, I was I was thrilled that you had questions that had to do with things that many of these other questionnaires don't don't really uh, take into consideration. What did you think, Linda, of some of the questions? Well, that's why I that's why I questioned about could they be different one day than the other based on mm-hmm. my feelings for the day and the reaction to it. Um, and I'm just the opposite of you with the daydreaming and fantasizing. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> and, and it's very true that you answered that a four. I'm more down in the two category, even close to one. Um, I don't do a lot of daydreaming. And I and it's interesting too that you said something about the thin thin skinned people or you know the thin boundaries that they have feelings of their dreams and remember their dreams and they're colorful. And that's really interesting because um, I think, Pat, you do do that a lot. Yeah, Um, I do. I'm more of a daydreamer than a night dreamer, Michael. I don't know if that means anything, but I I do. I, I will get a visualization just sitting on the couch and I get a lot of visualizations when I'm on air. So that's kind of interesting. Um, right. Too. Uh, imagery, imagery has has a definite basis in feeling. In other words, uh, when you look at how art is produced, um, people tend to you know to draw, to paint, to sculpt, and to dance and so forth because they feel a certain way. You know, they want to they want to present something to the world that literally moves them. So, um, uh, folks that uh, that do have an active fantasy life that do daydream a lot, and that's why that question is in there. Uh, that's a good barometer of thin boundary functioning because it, it means that your your feelings are sort of close to the surface and you're drawing on them when you form those images or when those images form for you. So how do our different scores, uh, in some way, how might that affect our health? Um, certainly uh, someone who is at the um, thin end of the spectrum, as you are, or uh, if we had somebody else uh, on air here, for example, who might be, way on the thick side, um, mm-hmm. I'd be able to point to them as, as prime examples of certain types of health conditions. Now, I don't know, since we haven't talked before, if some of the health conditions that we mentioned in the book um, have ever affected you. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Question for, for Linda. But um, in general, folks that are closer to the middle of the spectrum are going to be less susceptible um, to um, the chronic conditions that we mentioned. Uh, simply because uh, the dynamics of how they feel things uh, are not as um, uh, as strongly illustrated as they are for someone uh, who's way on the thin side or way on the thick side. But that, and we give examples in the book, um, yes. show how these conditions sort of take root when you have a thick boundary or a thin boundary person. But in the middle, um, folks are going to be less affected, hopefully, um, by these conditions, because it's not something I would necessarily wish that someone had any of these conditions. They, they are troublesome. But I'll tell you, I mean, it makes a lot of sense after knowing now my score and looking at some of the, um, you know, the illnesses in the book and my own healing journey and, you know, how the, how I've been affected by this. There are a couple of things that, Michael, I want to ask you about. And, Linda, I'm very curious in how you answer the question. You know, one of the questions in here uh, I find fascinating, where you ask about the sharp dividing lines between normal people, people with problems, and people who are considered psychotic or crazy. Linda, how did you answer that one? A two. Okay. I I answered it a four. Oh, and, 
Yeah. Can you imagine, Michael, that we've been friends this long? I mean, there's got to be some magic thing here. Actually, what you're saying perfectly uh, tells me why you've been such good friends, and that is because (laughs) you're you're at different places when it comes to the boundary spectrum. This is what we find time and again, um, even with Dr. Mikosi, Mark Mikosi and myself. Um, he's a thin boundary person. I tend to be more of a thick boundary person. And, you know, there's the old saying that opposites attract. Uh, this may be a topic for our next book, but our, our suspicion is that in really, you know, long-standing friendships, uh, in, in partnerships and, you know, in, in marriages and so forth, uh, that, that people do uh, have different, they are different boundary uh, types. There are different places on the boundary spectrum. And the very reasons that they're different helps to, you know, helps to cement their friendship in those relationships. I wanted to ask you, and Linda, I bet you have a couple of questions as well. Um, in in the world that you live in, and having done so many of these and working with people, um, is the goal to try to adjust one's personality type or understand it and live within it? Like, for example, you know, Linda's, uh, I think you said you're 40, 44 or something, I'm a 62. You know, is the idea to understand what each of those scores mean uh, and adapt the, to the outside world, or should we be looking at changing something? You see what I'm asking? Yeah, it's, it's a great question, and uh, the answer from, from my vantage point is that, um, you know, people come into the world uh, early on with a particular temperament. Uh, there's lots of, of studies um, that, that have established that. Um, you know, nature plays a, a large part in our personality. So does nurture. Um, it's, it's a complicated mix, but as people get older, um, you know, they're, where they are in the boundary spectrum is, is likely going to modify as they get older. And I should add that, that older people tend to be more on the thick side than, than uh, younger people, and women tend to be more on the thin side than, than men, but those are just general tendencies. Um, I think the value of knowing your boundary type is that it can alert you to, to how you feel things and why you react to situations in the way that you do, why you carry around the concerns that you, that you have or how you, why you express yourself in a particular way. Um, and so for most folks, they probably are not going to be able to adjust that a whole lot because that's kind of how they're equipped, and there are good reasons, you know, that they're equipped that way to handle their, their uh, interactions in the world. But they may want to adjust in some small ways. They may want to be mindful of, um, how they react to certain things, and you know they can be tipped off by some of the questions in the boundary in, in the uh, in the boundary questionnaire, and adjust, uh, become more mindful and aware of how they how they respond in certain situations, and therefore be more content, more more happy, and more fulfilled. But it's not likely that someone's going to, you know, you're going to be able to make changes that you go from a, being a highly thin boundary person to a thick boundary person, uh, you know, with a snap of the fingers. Yeah. Linda, do you have a question? Yes, I do. I have two questions, actually. On question 17, Pat, what did you answer? I think I would enjoy being some kind of creative artist. I put a four. And I put a two. Mm-hmm. So that, that, is, that is absolutely very true. Um, yeah, but and the- I, I bet you put the same thing for the animal question. I can easily imagine myself as an animal or what it might be like to be an animal. I put a three, uh, two for that, too. And I put a four. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, That's and, right. There are characteristic ways that people have to answer these questions. Those really? those are not going to change a whole lot from from one day to the next, or even from you know from from one year to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they do illustrate what what we mean by thick and thin boundary, because a thin boundary person for them uh, uh, categories are are much they're easily bridged. Uh, things move sort of more fluidly. Their their own feelings move more fluidly for a thicker boundary person, of which I'm one. We're more apt to categorize things and to say this is, you know, this is this, this is that, and and the two are separate. Wow, we have a few minutes left, left, Linda. So you better get your question in. <laughs> well, the question that I have is: is you just mentioned about women and men, and you talked about women being more on the thicker side and men being more on the thinner side. No, Actually, well, I think you said the other way around. around. Oh, you yeah. said the other way around. Yeah. In general, in general. Oh, okay, okay. Because I was going to say, how could that possibly be? <laughs> yeah, it's not going to explain Uh-oh. everybody, but uh, in in general, and, and I should say the, the boundary questionnaire has been around since uh, since the early '90s, and so um, more than five thousand people have have uh, taken the questionnaire. It's been the subject of um, a couple hundred of uh, research papers. So there's there's a lot of evidence around it. And what we've done is is adapt it, uh, meld it to uh, the evidence relating to health. And explain why these dozen discomforts, why these particular types of chronic conditions um, should should relate to feelings, uh, and and of course the the complementary and alternative medicine aspect of why certain therapies would help certain types of people more than others. I love it. What I a great too. show! Thank you, Michael. I hope you'll come back uh, and, and join us again. I wanted to ask you one last question. What's your personal message? What do you want to leave us with today? The message is that everyone is different. Um, in the culture that we're in, there's there tends to be pressure to conform and to, you know, to do the popular thing and to to to, to, to buy the popular stuff. And medicine sort of takes its cue from from that cultural dynamic. We we are often treated as if we're just you know patient X, Y, or Z. And when we present X, Y, or Z symptoms, you know, we're treated with uh, A, B, or C remedy. Um, our message, uh, the takeaway for folks, is that everybody is different, and that means health-wise we're different. Uh, the way we feel wow. is different. The way we uh, react uh, is yeah. different. And so the types of therapies and the sorts of uh, prompts uh, that uh, induce certain conditions and will help mm-hmm. to heal them are all going to be different. Well, thank you so much. You know what? I'm imagining myself as a little rabbit, and I'm going to hop off to the rest of my day. <laughs> thank uh, you it's, both. It's thank you, Benny. Back. Awesome. I hope you'll come back. Thank you, Benny, for a great show. And we'll see you all next time on the Dr. Pat Show. Hey everyone, you're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Don't touch that dial. We'll be beginning a brand new show at the top of the hour with one of our amazing hosts. Transformation Talk Radio. Talk radio to change the world.
We are living in a time of great challenges and greater opportunity for transformation. The good news is that public awareness of the need for change is also growing exponentially. More than ever, your transformative message is needed to empower millions across the globe. Hi, I'm Dr. Pat, host of The Dr. Pat Show, and I'm excited about announcing an unprecedented opportunity for growth as we expand our broadcast by launching Transformation Talk Radio and the Transformation Network. Join me and a team of amazing people and host your own show on Transformation Talk Radio. Get ready to expand your horizons, tap into the best listeners anywhere, and join one of the most positive and expansive networks today. Historically, there came a time when the boundary of water was transcended as man developed the boat and the barriers of water became freeways. Join Dr. Pat as she launches this exciting venture. To host a show, call 1-800-930-2819 or email host at transformationtalkradio.com. Transformation Talk Radio, a higher consciousness perspective. The hosts on Transformation Talk Radio offer a positive and new paradigm shift, a new vision for a collective future. They are empowering and helping all of us experience a powerful wave of personal shifts and cultural change as we break through to even greater levels of awareness. Take down our toll-free number, 1-800-930-2819. Call in, connect, make sure you tap into some of the world's most empowering psychics, healers, and more. Get an on-air reading with the best. Tune in, TransformationTalkRadio.com. Hey, everybody. We'll see you there. And now I love. I feel like fear just cripples you and love frees you. Thank you so much for doing what you're doing and changing from fear to love and showing people that that's the only way. I love, I love, I love. I no longer fear. Thank you. You're tuned in to Transformation Talk Radio. Think the Dr. Pat shows the cat's meow? Just listen to what some of her transformative guests have had to say. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with? A believe in yourself always. Remember that uh, you are a gift. You are a miracle. And the only way you can return any part of that gift is what you do with it. Live into yourself. Be that miracle. I love it. Eldon Taylor, everyone. And, and thank you, Pat. I love joining you. You're a wonderful host. Thank you. And we're going to bring Eldon back because we, we just haven't even scratched the surface here. Thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. Thank you for listening. And keep us tuned in right here on Transformation, Transformation Talk Radio. Radio.